There's a lot to take in on that, isn't there? Okay, I'm uh, in my spare time, and if I get the time, yeah, I'm a bit of a, a twitcher. I love watching, watching birds and going to places like Titchwell and doing that. But, you know, it just sort of fascinates me, those lessons that you can learn from uh, a flock of, of geese. And uh, we're just going to be looking at that a little bit more uh, just for a moment or two. Right. This isn't going to work if this doesn't. Can you push it on, Colin, please? Thank you. Okay. Thank you. I've often wondered when you hear the, when you see the geese going over this honking. You know, and I can just imagine them now. The ones going, keep going, keep going. You're doing well. Keep going, keep going. Who are you honking behind? Who are you encouraging? Who are you supporting? Who are you telling to keep going, keep going, you can do it, persevere, persevere? Who are you supporting? Because there's a very real lesson in that, in terms of encouraging. And so what it is, the power of a team, it's shared there, a shared direction and community. Again, they work, they're moving in formation, they're moving in the same direction, they're heading in the right way. They do more together, it spoke about. Because there is something about the wind resistance that as they, they form their V, that actually they can go further, spending less energy there. So it's about shared load. No one gets tired. I love the idea of actually them moving up the formation in a sense so that the one at the front who gets the brunt of it isn't exhausted, but actually there comes a point where they can drop back and somebody else takes their place. We have that a little bit within our leadership team where we expect people in the leadership team, yes, to be serving for three or six years and then to be able to step back but they can only step back if others are prepared to step up. And so often, isn't it, where it's the case is that we rely upon people staying at that point. We rely on people just staying at that point. And think, oh, they're doing a good job. Yeah, they're doing a good job. But yeah, there comes a point where they need to step back. Supporting, encouraging one another to complete the journey. Encouraging one another to complete the journey. One of the privileges for me over the last weekend was to sit with Joyce Phillips. Now you'll be aware that Joyce Phillips died on Monday, age of 93. And uh, just one of the privileges there that I have of sitting with people. I wasn't there at her death, but I've been there with her various times in the days leading up to that, of just encouraging her then to complete the journey. And yes, she's completed the journey of 93 years. Praise God for that. 93 years of faithful service. The nurses came in to the wards and kept saying, we love coming in here. 
because she always gives us a smile. She gives us a kiss. She's so thankful for what we do for her. Even there on her deathbed, she was witnessing to those around her. Encouraging, supporting one another. Caring. I love that idea that when one gets injured or exhausted, they drop out and two others drop out with them. So often the, the, the reality is if that somebody has dropped out, they drop out and they get lost. They get lost. The number of times people come to me and say, oh, have you, ever, have you seen so-and-so recently? And I respond appropriately. But I say, how about giving them a call? How about dropping in on them? How about ringing them to find out how they are? The geese have a lot to teach us. It ends up with that verse, from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its part. What does it teach us? And I need to move on. We need each other. We're not a body on our own. We're not a body in isolation. It is in community that we grow and develop. We are integral to one another's growth and discipleship in Jesus. We have a responsibility to one another. It's there in love. We have responsibility as each part does its work. No one can sit it out. What Paul is saying, there are no passengers in the body of Christ. There are no spectators watching from the sidelines as others play the game. We're all in the game. Now last week, we looked at John 15. And as part of that, we highlighted four secrets of spiritual horticulture, or if you like, four secrets of spiritual discipline. One being God's responsibility, three being ours. There was pruning, there was remaining, there was praying, and there was loving. And it's all there in that passage in John 15, verses 1 to 17. There. Where are they done? Where do they take place? How do they happen? Each and every one of them. How do they happen? Where do they happen? They happen in community. They happen in community. We need one another to remain in Christ. We need one another as we read the scriptures because we, we, we understand and we receive the scriptures through the eyes of one another as well as through reading the scriptures and through our own eyes. Iron sharpens iron. We need one another in terms of, of praying. Yes, we, may, we pray on our own, but Jesus says, where two come together and ask anything in my name, it will be given to them. There is power in that corporate prayer. And where does loving? Well, of course, I love people. I don't want to associate with them. I don't want to talk to them, but I love people. 
There's something that doesn't quite ring with that, is there? Loving is an active word. We love as we come alongside one another. Now, BBC, Brenton Baptist Church, is a largest congregation. I'm going to just put it like that. It's not a mega congregation, but spread over two congregations. The letter that I sent out at the beginning of the year was sent to 259 individual people. That's not 259 individual letters, but, you know, that's including couples. That's adult people that in some way or another in the last six months have been associated, committed in one way or another to the life of this church. Now, there's a sense in which we cannot hope to know all of them. No way is that possible, although some of us like to think it ought to be. There isn't. Just ask Amy and me. We struggle, don't we, Amy? (laughs) To remember people's names and situations there. There is a limit to what can be achieved on a Sunday morning. But do your utmost to connect on a Sunday morning. And not just with the few, but those beyond your few mates. So that's where connect groups come in. The word connect gives the idea of being linked to, joined to, relating to, united with, or being coupled with something or someone. You know, electric socket has two parts. You've got the socket on the wall and you've got the plug that goes in it. And in a sense, the plug doesn't operate without the socket. And the socket without the plug. There's a connection between the two. We presently have 10 connect groups. There's a new one being proposed in the Coates and Whittlesea area. Small groups meeting in people's homes. And on my last count, there's something around around about 110, 112 people who are associated with these groups in one way or another, regularly or not so regular, shall I say. What's the purpose of these groups? To connect ourselves with God through worship and word, to connect ourselves to each other through discipleship and care, and to connect ourselves with the world through the service and mission. That three-pronged, that three-pronged emphasis of all. And I want to challenge you. If you're in a connect group, how do you match up with that? Because so often we can focus in on one to the detriment of the others, or we can focus in on two. Yes, it's right that we care for one another, but that care shouldn't be dominant. That shouldn't be the overriding facet of it. Connect groups are not all about me. Connect groups are not all about my safe space. Because you're part of a wider, bigger body. Yes, it is an opportunity to be prayed for. It is an opportunity to be encouraged. It is an opportunity to be supportive. But within the context 
of six to a dozen other people, or whatever number it might be. But we connect with God through his word, through the shared reading, study of his word. We connect with each other through discipleship and care. And so there should be that element of challenge, perhaps in our own lifestyle, in perhaps in terms of what we do. Should you really be doing that? Look, we've been looking at this passage in the scripture, but you say you're doing that. Should you really be doing that? In the light of that scripture? There's accountability. Accountability in it. And then there's got to be that outward-looking aspect. How are we reaching out into the community around us? How are we reaching out to others? Or are we just a holy huddle? Are we just a simple holy huddle, slapping one another on our backs, saying how good we are? David, you're being a bit rough but sometimes you need to be a bit rough to bring a message home. We have groups, three groups on a Monday evening. I'm not going to... Facilitated by these people, Anna Carsten, Nick Clark, Emma and Richard Stanbrook. We have a group on Tuesday morning called Talking Point, facilitated by Sheila Markham. We have group... Four groups on a Wednesday evening, facilitated by Chris Camplin, John and, John and Gwyn Redding, Janet Kurt, Nathaniel Robinson. We have a group on Thursday morning, uh, facilitated by David Norton and John Hastings. And we have a group on Thursday evening that was facilitated by uh, Christine, but is now facilitated by Marion Mahan. The new group... Here there, starting in Coates and in Whittlesea area, will be facilitated by Yao and Tina. But alongside that, we also have Deeper, which you could call is a small group, is a connect group, for those in school years, four, five and six. We have Jumpstart for school years seven and eight, both meeting on a Tuesday evening. And we have Youth Connect on a Sunday evening. They're the groups that are happening. Now, I'm going to ask Marion just to join me for a moment too. She's uh, been new to connect groups, but she's also new now to uh, facilitating one. <laughs> okay. So what do you like best about your connect group? Okay, probably the best thing is the people. Um, we uh, gather together on Thursday and there was a some really good discussions, we gather around the word, we pray for one another and um, so the best part probably is the people and getting to know people Okay, so you partly answered my next question is what happens in your connect group, you know, okay. that's, that's so, it <laughs> Yeah, we, we generally um, have a little Bible study and um, we pray together this last Thursday was our first Thursday of meeting back together so we actually wanted to continue a little bit on the community theme that we, um, the study that we did last year. So we ended up with um, a four, a two-sided A4 piece of paper full of ideas of how we could um, 
bring about community either within the church or outside of the church and we're having Amy who's going to come and help us next Thursday to see how we can put some of that into practice. I've been so hard on it. <laughs> no, we need to do it now. <laughs> Excellent. You've recently begun to begin facilitating this, uh, this group. So what does that involve? Or you're on a learning curve? I'm on a learning curve. Um, thankfully, um, we had a really good structure in, play, in place already. Um, we've got a WhatsApp group so that we can communicate really well um, on a day-to-day basis. Um, I've produced a calendar so, um, so that we can fill in for people to either host um, the evening or to lead the session as well. So we, um, everybody can join in as much as they want. Okay, thank you. And why do you feel it's important to be part of a Connect Group? I really, I really like this question because actually Connect Groups for me are very, very special. I became a Christian through a Connect Group when I was serving the army in uh, Germany. I was actually invited to um, a Connect Group to improve my German. I wouldn't um, actually recommend that. I would say be upfront with people. Um, but it was the first time that I really encountered Jesus. And so I think connect groups are absolutely vital for the church life and how you can get involved, how you can get to know people a little bit better. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Marion. So... Where does that leave you? People say, I don't know people. I don't spend time with people. The challenge is yours. I can't force you into a connect group. I can suggest it. I can encourage it to be part. But just remember with Jesus... He called those first disciples into relationship. He called them into relationship with himself. But he also called them into relationship with each other. It wasn't just a question of following him. It was following him together. And for three years, that's what they did. And I'm sure, yes, they learned tremendous amount from Jesus. Majority of stuff from Jesus, but they also learned from one another. They also learnt from one another in relationship. He gave them responsibility. He sent them out to preach and to teach and to drive out demons. He gave them responsibility. If God has called you into a relationship with himself, he has given you responsibility. And you need to exercise that responsibility. You need to exercise that responsibility. And he also then created a community. A community of 12 who were the catalyst, who were the catalyst of changing the whole course of human history. Yes, I know Jesus died on the cross and I know that Jesus rose again, but it was into the hands of those 12 that Jesus then gave the responsibility to be the catalyst. And we've prayed for revival this morning. And we've said, start the work in us. Well, maybe one of those starting points is there connecting with each other. 
So what about you? I meant to have picked it up, but there should be some forms out in the entrance hall. If you're not in a connect group and you'd like to be, you've heard where that, when, when they're on. Now, Marion is here. Any of the other facilitators around this morning? Nick, can you just stand up, Nick and Sheila? Can you just, just stand up? So just identify yourselves. Thank you. Sheila's Tuesday morning. That's it. Nick, you can sit down. Thanks, Sheila. Nick, your Monday evening, isn't it? Marion, your Thursday evening. John, David, rather, sorry. Your Thursday morning. That's it. So if you want to find out a little bit more, speak to them afterwards and uh, they will fill you in. Richard, let's draw things to 